0: Welcome back guys, you're here with Encounter with God on Faith FM and we do not have another clue for the quiz because the clue has been slapped snapped up. Slapped up, has it? It's been slapped. Congratulations (laughs) to Jennifer down in Victoria. For
1: slapping that quiz around (laughs) the
0: right, Alright, alright, whatever.
1: (laughs) Sorry, that was a good one. I couldn't let it go.
0: (laughs) Give me a break.
1: (laughs) Oh dear. Yes, congrats, and uh, if you'd like to have a chance at winning the prize and the bragging rights of our breakfast Bible quiz, and stay tuned next week, we'll be doing a new one. Do you know know what I was thinking the other day, Lyle? I was realizing, are we the only radio station that gives stuff away every single show?
0: This is a very, very good question. I'm pretty sure we are. Like every maybe
1: single show, are. and it's it's not like we're like oh hey we have a competition where you have the opportunity to enter every day. It's like you know every day we're actually giving away two prizes.
0: Well, there's there's uh, other radio stations out there that have a quiz every day, and of course the quizzes always have a prize. Um, various uh, trivia um, programs, and you know sometimes I will give you a, a meal to a restaurant or something like that. But we give two away, so maybe yeah, the fact that we do two and one of them you don't actually have to do anything but be the first caller on a daily basis might just actually put us over the edge. Yeah, I think we're pretty fantastic oh, We, should, we should just We should just claim it. This is why
1: all our listeners need to tell their friends, tell their families tune to tune into Faith with Them every week. We give away 10 prizes Absolutely. to a day. Yeah. And of course,
0: if you're struggling to get a signal, you know what to do. You just uh, mm-hmm. jump on to uh, just listen online. That's where everybody does it these days. And uh, run it through your car stereo, just you know, your Bluetooth or your auxiliary cord, whatever. And you are up and running, or like my good friend Aaron does, listen to it in your tractor.
1: Ooh, a header?
0: Hey?
1: A header? Is it a header? Uh,
0: no, I okay. think he's got um, dairy cattle or something or other. Okay, I have fond
1: uh, memories of headers.
0: Have you ever driven a header?
1: I've been in one while it's been uh, harvesting wheat. And it was being harvested late at night, so it was it was just one of the most amazing, surreal visual experiences eh? because it's it's like an IMAX, like there's just glass from like like behind your head, almost under your feet, Mm -hmm. so you're like in a little bubble. And the machine has the headlights on the, on the wheat. And so there's like black sky with um, just this eerie glowing patch of golden, golden wheat in front of you. And, it just, and it's just
0: being mown down. It's just, I love being the down. it's just being mown yeah. down. And, and it's all coming out just as grain in the back. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's, 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 I, it's I, I almost like an alien movie. I loved uh, it. I loved you know, every you know, you, of now it. Now you
0: know why farmers just absolutely yeah. are addicted to farming. It's great. That's the kind of thing that, you know, I could do hour after hour.
1: Yeah, I could do the thing all day. I mm-hmm. loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it, yeah. I was 16. I still remember now.
0: Yep. Yeah. I and plowing. I love plowing. I re- I've never plowed. Yeah, plowing is awesome because, you know, you just got this this, this fresh dirt and nice even rows all being turned over. Are you it's
1: plowing just- with a machine or a beast or yourself? A machine. Oh, okay. Of course. I, was, I wasn't sure.
0: What do you think I am? What? I don't know. Why would I do it in any other machine?
1: Don't, uh, don't I have this little hand pushed like a little lawnmower, lawnmower, but it's a plow? It's lame.
0: Okay, so Get I don't my know. my tractor out there.
1: Oh, good. Okay. Oh, my neighbor
0: just bought a tractor. Anyway, we so are jealous. so off
1: topic right now. <laughs>
0: We are, we are. Okay, so getting back onto our subject for today is the book of Revelation. Uh, We are in Revelation chapter 2, and we were talking about the sin of Balaam, which was the sin of compromise. And Mm. for those of you who know the story of Balaam, there's actually a whole bunch of parallels between the story of Balaam and the history of the Christian church um, in the 4th and 5th century. Where a tremendous amount of compromise came into the church, and so this is—we're this is, dealing with the era now. You know, we talked about how that uh, the, uh, the, 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 the the priest king of Pergamos was called the pontiff. We are now talking about the t- time period in Earth's history where that title was actually transferred and given to the Bishop of Rome. Oh, uh, along with you know praying to saints and you know the use of candles and. Uh, eternal hellfire, purgatory, original sin—you um, know—it's sort of one of those things. Is like, well, where do you want to even stop with uh, the paganism that just absolutely? F- this was this was an era in which um, bringing paganism into Christianity was a definite, specific policy of the church. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, this is what they actually promoted. It Was like they looked at paganism, they said, okay, how do we how do we Christianize this? And they took all of the. Uh, pagan uh, gods and turned them into saints. Gave them the names of saints.
1: Bit of a PR stunt.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's a uh, it, Christianity became a a very polytheistic religion as a result of that, which is one of the reasons why you had the rise of Islam and why one of the reasons why Islam actually rose so rapidly was it was a reaction against the extreme polytheism that Christianity had developed.
1: I, and you know all this, I think points to the fact that this is a really important study that we need to do today because this deals with compromise and we're at that time in the earth's history in the daniel chapter 2 statue where we really need to be on our guard for compromise as as, i know there's a famous phrase creeping compromise and we definitely need to be on our guard about it especially because you know so many uh, bodies of power have intentionally introduced compromises like this. We need to be on our guard about it. So this is a really uh, valuable, timely study that we're doing today.
0: Okay, so let's run through very quickly some of the parallels between the story of Balaam and the story of the Christian church during this era between 313 and 538 AD. Okay, so Balaam was once true to God. He was a true prophet. Mm -hmm. Um, And the professedly Christian church had been true to God. You, the, the 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 church that was persecuted under Imperial Rome was true. Can to I God. Kind to say
1: while you're going through this this little lineup here, mm-hmm. I want our listeners. When I was saying Balaam was true to God, I want you to think I have been true to God. I, apply it to yourself as you're hearing mm. this study. Apply each sentence to yourself.
0: Go on. Okay. So Balaam was overcome by the spirit of covetousness. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, Balak just kept offering him position and power, and he wanted it. Yeah, um, so that's what did mean. The church was overcome by the spirit of popularity, covetousness, wealth, and power. So it became the state church. It became high and lifted up. It became exalted. Uh, everybody wanted to suddenly become a Christian because that was the religion of the state, um, and it became unbelievably, fabulously wealthy as a result. And anybody who's been to Rome knows that that's exactly what took place. You go and and do a quick trip through the Vatican and the uh, Vatican Museum, and it's dripping with wealth. Balaam was offered a rich reward by Balak, king of Moab, to ruin Israel. The church leaders were offered rich rewards by Constantine if they compromised, thereby ruining the church. Parallel, all the way through. Balaam was... (coughs) Was finally, Balaam finally was enticed by the reward and united with Balak. Uh, The church compromised and accepted the support of the civil power, thereby uniting church and state. So when Balaam and Balak united together, they formed a union of church and state. And it was a union of church and state that was formed as a result of the compromises of the 4th and 5th century.
1: And we were just saying the other day that the union of church and state is always a bad
0: idea. And persecution broke out, bitter persecution during this period right here. And this is where you have a number of um, segments of Christianity that split away. Um, never to have anything more to do with the Church of Rome ever again, like the Celtic Church, the Waldensian Church, the Ethiopian Church, etc., the Armenian Church. Um, the, in fact, the whole Church of the East would have nothing to do with the Vatican at this time. <laughs> Balaam was warned by a special messenger, but without effect. The church leaders were warned and opposed by a loyal minority. So this is why the Bible talks about Antipas. Antipapus, Antipapa, pontiff is what it's referring to, uh, who was a... Um, a martyr there in the city of Pergamos, where the pontiff was the, the, the priest-king of that city. Balaam was counseled to lure Israel by an idolatrous feast and adultery. And the church leaders lured members from Christ by compromise with paganism, which led to spiritual adultery. Of course. Because spiritual adultery is, uh, is when you are both married to Christ and Satan at the same time you know adultery is is, is uh, you know having alliances you know yeah um, illicit relationships mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you can't be married to the world and to God at the same time it's never going to happen uh, those who led Israel is, <laughs> those who led Israel astray were killed Christ will fight against those who lead spiritual Israel astray with the sword of his mouth that's what the Bible says those ref-
1: Sort of his mouth. That's a pretty intense yeah. way of describing the power of words, isn't uh-huh. it? To really help you understand, there's a great word picture for you.
0: Absolutely. Those who refused to eat things sacrificed to idols, etc., were saved and continued to eat the manna from heaven. We're about to read that. Those who rejected the spiritual food of the spiritual Balaamites were saved from spiritual death and continued to eat the hidden manna, the pure word of God. Okay, so there's some parallels between the story of Balaam and the story of uh, the christian church during this particular era in history
2: you're listening to faith fm positively different radio
0: okay so let's go back to revelation chapter 2 and let's pick the story up for us mon if you could read for us revelation chapter 2 and where do we get up to
1: Are we looking at the passages with the the church to Pergamum? Yeah. The the message to the church in Pergamum. Let's
0: start in verse... Well, let's read verse 16 and 17. We haven't read this yet.
1: Repent of your sin, or I will come to you suddenly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give some of the manner that has been hidden away in heaven and I will give to each one a white stone and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it well that's a bit cryptic isn't it
0: it is very cryptic
1: what's all this about white stones and names of people that people can't understand Can you and
0: decipher it mon
1: no, sorry. As soon as it said white stone, I started thinking about hot stone massages. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they use black ones not white ones.
1: I'd totes want a massage right now. <laughs> Is anyone available? Anyone got some hot stones? <laughs> okay.
0: Okay, so Aaron's actually texted through and says, uh, uh, no, he doesn't have a header. But lately, he's been uh, listening to Faith FM from his quad bike.
1: Oh, that's fun. Well,
0: Shifting irrigation. And uh, yeah,
1: okay. That's that's actually a hard call. What's more fun, a header or a quad? (laughs) I've I've ridden my driven my own quad around a lawn farm. Incidentally, that was so much fun.
0: It is quads are a lot of fun.
1: We're distracted again, aren't we? We are. Good one, Aaron.
0: Yeah, well done.
1: <laughs> Picture or didn't happen, Aaron.
0: <laughs> there you go. Text it through. We'll post it up. All right. So uh, where are we? Uh, um, hot stone massage. Hot stone massage, yes. just
1: pick up the show and go.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. White stones, not black ones. They use black ones in, in hot stone massage.
1: I think it's because it holds the heat, but I'm pretty sure you could do the same with white Have it, you ever had stone.
0: one?
1: I haven't, but I've always really wanted one.
0: I wonder whether they work. It's just like, to me, it seems lame. I really think we should just- If I'm paying money, I want somebody like, get their fingers yeah, digging yeah. in and, and massaging. I don't want to like put a potstone Look, on there. Lyle, like, oh, do it done. Walk it, away.
1: It's just you oh. and me here. We can walk out now and just go to the nearest <laughs> massage joint and find out.
0: Okay. Getting back to the subject.
1: Broadcasting live for the massage Let's problem. decipher
0: this. This one is actually easy to decipher.
1: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Go on then. So we
0: work. We start from here. To him that overcomes, I will give to eat of the hidden manna. Let's start with manna. What is manna?
1: Uh, manna is uh, that food that God sent from heaven. That's right. To so the it's Israelites. food from heaven. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. So
0: think about food from heaven. Uh, Jesus describes himself as the what of life.
1: The food of life? The bread
0: of life. The bread of life. life, Okay, so the food from heaven is symbolic, obviously, of, you know, it was bread from heaven. It's described in the Bible as bread from heaven. Jesus is the bread of life. We eat the bread of life by eating in the Word of God. So the Word of God, you know, the the, the bread um, consistently in the Bible is a symbol of the Word of God. The table of showbread was a symbol of the Word of God. Uh, Bread in the Bible is a symbol of the Word of God.
1: Which Is that what the whole communion thing is about, symbolic of?
0: Yeah, that's a, very much a part of it. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, we have the bread of life, which is the word of God, the hidden manna. And during this period, of course, it was hidden because um, it was illegal to either own or um, read the Bible unless you were a priest.
1: Oh, that's atrocious.
0: Okay. So I will give him the, the word of God and going along with that, I will give him something else that is... Uh, the word of God and a what color stone? White. What is white a symbol of in the Bible? Purity. Yes. Okay. Who's purity? God's purity. Jesus' purity. Yes. God's yeah, purity. purity. Okay. So no one that,
1: else is pure. All right. <laughs> Let's just face that. All
0: right. So now think about this: the rock in the Bible. Who is the rock? Jesus. Okay. So we're 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 getting there. All right? Uh-huh. So, you've got the bread of life. You're distracted, Mon.
1: Sorry, sorry. What are you distracted, One like? of our producers just walked in and she's just got some mail and she got a pretty dress in the mail and I'm admiring it. So, I'm pulling faces at her. I think you're distracted more than I'm distracted.
0: <laughs> no, because you're just like pulling faces and
1: making hand signals through the window. It's a pretty dress. But let's get back to the story. Okay. So, so. I get it now. So white is purity. Yep. A stone like the rock is Jesus. So mm,
0: the righteousness of Christ. so a white
1: stone is like double the Jesus. Purity.
0: The purity of the purity of Christ. Uh huh. So if you read the 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 the, the uh, Word of God, you're going to receive the righteousness of Christ. The Word of God leads you to the righteousness oh, of Christ.
1: Okay. But- but hang on, okay, that's really cool. But there's there's still more because it says the stone will be engraved with a new name, which no one ex- understands except the person who receives it. I get that maybe you know you have a new life in Christ, and like the new name might uh, exemplar, uh, you know, ex- be an indication of a new life. But why does no one else understand it?
0: Okay, think about it this way: um, name symbolizing as you you, you correctly decoded it. Uh uh-huh. Name symbolizes character. Yeah. All right, so g-
1: yeah, because often in the Bible, the Word of God, God would give someone a new leads name. you to
0: Jesus Christ, yep. who gives you His righteousness, uh-huh. and then gives you a new character. Yep. Can Simplized you give me my name. character, or can I? Sorry, can you give me your character, or can I give you my character? No. Character is not transferable.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Okay, so if character is not transferable, then this is why nobody else can know it except for you. This is a relationship that you can have with God, and nobody else can know that relationship with God because they can't experience it. You can only experience it for yourself.
1: Okay, okay. Got, gotcha. I mean, I would have thought it would be less. That's so a cryptic way of saying.
0: Yeah. Um, it, it's, a, it's a cryptic way of saying that to the overcomer will be given the word of God, which will lead them to receive the righteousness of Christ, which will give them a new character which nobody can experience but themselves.
1: Okay, so it's basic conversion. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay.
0: But it's a really cool way of describing it. Yeah, very
1: nice. I like it. It was some beautiful symbolism.
0: Amazing symbolism and symbolism that you could then, you know, keep digging, keep going because there's a whole Bible study just on manna. Mm -hmm. There's a whole Bible study on Christ being the rock. There's a whole Bible study on the use of the word white in the Bible. There's a whole Bible study there on you know, the symbolism and the importance and significance of your name.
1: Okay. Wow.
0: So, yeah, there's a, there's a, there is a bunch in this uh, little passage here. But you know, we need to move on with our Bible study. We can't just get stuck on two verses um, all day long.
1: Two verses and a header and an address. <laughs> but yeah, let's go. Yeah, because on.
0: those things go together.
1: So, oh, there's a new church coming up in our, in our list of seven churches.
0: There is indeed. And this is the longest one of all of them. So the Bible has more to say about Thyatira than any other church. And it deals with the longest time period in history.
1: Oh, really? And the reason,
0: we, the reason that we put 538, I just want to comment on that. 313 mm-hmm. is an easy one. That's the end of the Diocletian persecution. Okay. Um, the reason that we run with 538 for the end of Pergamos and the start of Thyatira is because of a political change that took place in that year. So a little bit of background. If you go back to the year 533, there had been a dispute in the world as to who was the most preeminent um, Bishop in the world, yeah, the Bishop of Antioch, the Bishop of Rome, you know, the Bishop of uh, of Constantinople, etc. They're all vying for the number one position, and at the same time, because Constantine had moved the capital from the city of Rome to the city of Constantinople, uh, or Byzantium, or Istanbul, whatever you want to call it, it had left a vacuum. In the West. And Rome had been the prize that everybody had wanted forever and now there was no longer an emperor there. Mm -hmm. Left it a bit defenceless. And so the Western Empire was starting to collapse and he needed to do something to stabilize the Western Empire and at the same time he needed to sort out this quarrel amongst the bishops. And so he makes a decree in the year 533 that the Bishop of Rome. It's like, okay, I'm going to sort this out. We're choosing Rome. The reason he chooses Rome as the number one bishop rather than Constantinople where he was or Antioch or any other the, any of the other uh, major Christian centers was because Rome needed a political figure at its head that was part of the Roman Empire that could stabilize Western Europe. And so he makes him the number one bishop, in other words, the Pope of the whole world, and at the same time gives him political power. So this is the establishment of the power of the Roman Catholic Church, which is what we call the papacy. So the, pap- the word papacy means the power of the Catholic Church. Okay. Yeah. And so this is where it was established. It was established in 538, and that's a very, very significant um, date in his. So it was decreed in 533, but it was established in 538 uh, because it took that long for... Um, the Bishop of Rome to get rid of the Ostrogoth appointed bishop and to be able to get his own bishop uh, in place there in, uh, in, in the city of Rome. We'll come back and talk more about Thyatira right now. We have Jaden Levy, come now found.
2: Every blessing to my heart to sing my pray Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise By thy great help I've come
0: Welcome back guys, that was Jaden Levick with Come Now Fount of Every Blessing here on Faith FM. And where did we get up to? What's well, right, we started to talk about Thyatira and the letter to the church in Thyatira and how that this deals with a time period where political power is specifically given by the decree of the empire to the church. And of course that's going to result in persecution, it's going to result in um, some really terrible things taking place, and so God has some rather strong language to use in relationship to that. But before he does, Mon, mm. he has some really, really interesting things to say. Would you like to read for us? Uh, let me see here. Uh, verse 1 and 2, please.
1: 1 and 2 of? Chapter
0: 2. Chapter... Sorry, not, oh. uh, not verse 1 and 2. What am I saying? I
1: say, chapter eight Revelation verse 2,
0: verse
1: 18 and 19. Okay. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Thyatira. This is a message from the Son of God, whose eyes are like flames of fire, whose feet are like polished bronze. I know all the things you do. I have seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance. And I can see your constant improvement in all these things.
0: Okay, so... What are some of the good things that God says to this church?
1: They have love, faith, service, patient endurance, and a constant improvement in all those
0: things. Okay, let me give you a slightly more accurate translation of the actual words there. Rather than constant improvement, Mm -hmm. it says this, um, your works and the last works to be more than the first. So, yes, this is going to be a church that improves, but it's going to improve at the end. Okay. Does it make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, I suppose. So it's going to start it's off a with, cryptic way of saying it. Yeah, it's going
0: to start off with a few works which are good and then there's going to be a lot more of those good works at the end. Mm-hmm. It becomes important to the history of uh, this particular period to actually get the wording correct there um, rather than just being easy to read. So the Bible says some good things about this church. Um, their works, their charity, their service, their faith, and their patience.
1: Are you going to tell us why they're called Thyatira? Because you told us why Smyrna was called Smyrna and why Pergamum was called Pergamum.
0: Ooh, you want to know why Thyatira is called Thyatira?
1: I mean, is that where Thyas come from?
0: <laughs> where, where which comes from?
1: <laughs> I mean, because Smyrna is where Myrrh comes from, right? Mm-hmm. So, I was just going with that theme. I mean, is this where tires come from?
0: Okay, the word Thyatira has a very similar uh meaning to the word Smyrna. Mm hmm. Um, and it means sweet sacrifice. There are some interesting things in relationship to Thyatira. Thyatira was an area where um you'll remember the story of uh was it Aquila and Priscilla who were merchants of purple. That's oh yes, made, yeah. So this where they made uh oh, purple cloth.
1: I thought that was um Lydia. Oh,
0: Lydia. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but anyway, Dietara had a major industry involve, involving the production of um, purple dye. Okay, Yep. Now, this could only be created by, from shellfish. Mm-hmm. Very, very small shellfish, very, very rare shellfish. Were they dangerous and to this harvest? This is why purple is known as the color of royalty because only royalty could afford it. Because it was so expensive. Because it was so unbelievably hard to make and so unbelievably expensive. And so there's a connection here uh, because, yeah, we saw that, you know, Pergamos was um, high and lifted up and Smyrna means sacrifice. Uh, Ephesus, by the the way, means desirable. Uh, There's there's a connection here because uh, this is a time period in which um, royalty or political power. This is where the church became kings and princes. Yeah. So your, your, your popes and bishops basically became kings and princes. So this was the, the politicizing of Christianity that we're dealing with right here. And uh, when you read about the great harlot in Revelation chapter 17, she's wearing purple and scarlet, uh, which are the colors of royalty. Mm-hmm. And uh, But she's not wearing any blue, which is the color of obedience
1: how do they get obedience out of the color blue that's what i wonder
0: oh throughout the bible um blue is symbolic of obedience and it is still symbolic of obedience today
1: oh yeah school uniforms right it's all blue police force Uh, oh uh, of course yeah you know you go on it's just (laughs) blue for days
0: absolutely the boys in blue they're the ones who keep you being obedient Okay, so let's. Um, where we're we going to go? Where we're we going to go? Where we're we going to go? By the way, if you if you take blue and red, what do you get when you mix them together? Purple. Uh, ah. So if you take the obedience of Jesus Christ, and you take the red of His sacrifice and blend the two together, He is the Lion of the Tribe of Judah, the ruler of the universe. There's That's an interesting amazing. thought. Yes, indeed. Okay, so let's, go to, uh, let's uh, continue on here in our passage. Um, and I'm glad you asked that because I wasn't actually going to cover that. But let's read uh, verse 20 through 23.
1: Twenty three twenty three says, But I have this complaint against you. You are permitting that woman, that Jezebel who calls herself a prophet, to lead my servants astray. She teaches them to commit sexual sin and to eat food offered to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to turn away from her immorality.
0: Okay. Who is the woman that is living in the church during this time period here?
1: Who is the woman in the church?
0: Yes, what's her name?
1: She has a name. I thought she was just a symbol.
0: Verse twenty. There's a name there. Uh,
1: mm, oh, Jezebel. Jezebel. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay,
0: let's let's think about Jezebel. What do we know? What, what can you tell me about Jezebel? Why, why is it? Why is it the Bible uses this cryptic word here? This cryptic name.
1: And this is one of the parts of the Bible that's crept into society. Like, if someone calls you a Jezebel, everyone knows what you're talking about. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah,
1: they might not even realize it comes from the
0: Bible. If they're calling you a Jezebel, what are they calling you?
1: Well, they're saying that you have a really decrepit character because she was a horrific woman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, very um, manipulative and murderous and just a horrible person. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so let's let's uh, let's let, let's think a bit. The, the Bible uses a, uh, a, a cryptic word right here that we all understand that this is a despicable person. So there is a despicable person living within Christianity during this time period. What does a woman a woman represent in Bible prophecy? A
1: church. Oh, uh,
0: a plot thicker. So if you've got a despicable woman, you have a what? A despicable church. Exactly. right, so what else do you know about Jezebel? Let's go back to ancient Jezebel, where she came from, you know, way back in the distant past. Um, What else?
1: She was a corrupting force for her husband, uh, King Ahab. Mm -hmm. Uh, She
0: tried to... Which Okay, so if her husband was the king, what is she?
1: She was... He was state. She was church. (gasps) Church and state. Ah! Married.
0: (gasps) Oh, no way. And who wore the pants in that relationship? She did. So the church is controlling the state.
1: Yes. And once again, we have a marriage between church and state, which was a disaster.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. Ah, no way. That's uh-huh. crazy. Mind blown. Uh huh. Okay. She persecuted
1: uh-huh. all the prophets. She killed yes. them. To try to kill them off. Yes. Tried to kill Elijah. Yes. And she ended up falling out of a window, dying, and being eaten by dogs. Thrown out of a window. Thrown, Thrown. out of window. And, and got how eaten much of by her? Dogs.
0: And how much of her was there left after she nothing. was nothing. Nothing.
1: The dogs munched the whole total lot.
0: annihilation. To- at the Ooh. end. Ooh.
1: Jezebel. What about Athaliah? Your type Jezebel. Oh, Athaliah.
0: Do you remember whose mother Athaliah was?
1: Uh, she was the mother of that Josiah, the, the, the child king, right? Yeah, she-
0: yes, 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 yes. But who's, who was Athaliah's mother?
1: Jezebel, right? Jezebel. Yeah. So, uh, we have a woman
0: who has daughters.
1: Aye, and they're just as bad as she is.
0: Ah, okay, so let's, let's look at, else, at what else the Bible describes. Uh, do you remember who it was who killed Jezebel? It was a guy who used to um, no, ride don't. his chariot furiously. Oh, Jehu! Jehu
1: driving like a Jehu.
0: That's right. He's he's famous. He in the Bible killed well. Jezebel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, kind of. I thought it was to do with David. Jezebel looked out the window and uh, greeted him when he entered the city after she after he had just killed her son in front of her eyes. Ooh. Oh, you, you got to hear this story. you got to hear this story.
1: That sounds messed up, but go on. Okay,
0: now, now, actually, actually, I've got I've to read it for you. It, this it, it, is better than
1: just, a Hollywood thriller, I tell you is, what. This um, is
0: Game of Thrones right here. Yeah. Okay, um, <clears throat> let's go to, let's go to Second Kings. Flicking, flicking, flicking. <clears throat> and here's what happens. Um, Joram, who is Jezebel's son, um, goes out to meet Jehu who is driving his chariot furiously and he meets him outside the city walls and you know everybody inside the city is watching to see what will happen, mm-hmm. including Jezebel. Um, and he says this, and when Joram saw Jehu said, is it peace, Jehu? And Jehu said, what peace? As long as... The whoredoms of your mother Jezebel and her witchcrafts are so many. So what did he just call <laughs> a Witch and
1: a whore, a
0: whore. Literally. And this is because she actually was. Oh, okay. She actually was. Yeah she she controlled she controlled and she ruled um, through um, her witchcraft, mm-hmm. literally, mm-hmm. and also through she was a bit of a nympho.
1: Okay. Yep.
0: And that was she used her her femininity to control the state. That was you know that was how it was. Uh, and so when um, so so then Jehu, the Bible says, draws his bow with all his strength. Jehu never does anything by halves. Mm-hmm. Shoots an arrow. It kills um, Joram. Jezebel is watching this. Jehu goes into the city. So guess what Jezebel does? What? What would you do if somebody just killed your son in front of your eyes? I'd, I'd be distraught. The Bible says she paints her face, does her hair, sexes herself up, uh-huh. and looks out of the window. She's trying to seduce the man who just killed her son a few minutes ago so that she can maintain her power. That's the kind of woman that Jezebel oh, was. But we're going disgusting. to move on right now. This is Keith and Kristen Getty with Alison Krauss.
2: In Christ alone my hope is found He is my light, my strength, my soul This cornerstone, this solid ground Firm through the fiercest drought and storm What heights of love, what depths of
0: <laughs>
2: Listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. Turn your eyes upon G-
0: Guys, that was Anthem Lights, the Invitation Medley here on Faith FM. We have come to our question of the day, Mon. What have you got for us?
1: A most interesting question.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've just turned on my torch on you instead of my camera. Sorry, that's
0: all right. Just sticking you in have a nice spotlight, studio lighting. <laughs> uh, you switched it off. Okay, now you yeah, probably a good thing.
1: Yeah, now we're going to camera now. Uh, okay, so the question of the done day. Done
0: my hair and makeup for TV <laughs> yet? <laughs> yeah.
1: The question of the day that's coming is an interesting one. Why did God put the tree in Eden? So we're talking about the Garden yeah, of Eden. Yeah, that's a
0: really good question.
1: Garden of Eden. And I, and I presume that our, question, our, our asker was asking about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil.
0: Okay, so you could, you could pitch the question or the, the statement, I guess, uh, the, the thought a little bit like this. Mm-hmm. Sin exists in our world. Sin is horrific. Um, terrible things happen to good people. Good things happen to terrible people. There is so much injustice. There is pain. There is disease. There is suffering. There are little babies that are born to a lifetime of pain. You know, all of these things as a result of sin, and it all exists in our world because God put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden. So is God to blame for everything that there is in our world? I mean, if God had, had not put that tree there, then all of this sin would not exist, right? Exactly. Yeah, so it's a very, very valid question. And the answer is really quite simple. That comes down to the difference between a person and a robot. The difference between a person and a robot is the power of choice. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the power of choice enables us to love and to be loved. By creating the power of choice, God created the existence of love because that's what creates the possibility of love is having the power of choice. So let's say that God had created our world and then he had restricted the power of choice from our world. So our our world never, ever has the power of choice. That means that our world can never love. Our world can never experience love. We can never experience love. We can't love each other. We can't love God. God can't love us. Love has been eradicated from our world because God has eradicated the power of choice. So God needs to be able to provide the power of choice. Not only that, not only that, Satan would have then turned around and accused God and said, okay, God, I came up with a better plan here, a better way of governing the universe than you, and you won't even let me canvas it to the universe to, fi- to, to find out whether they think it's a good idea or not. You, you just, you're just cutting me off and quarantining me and, uh, um, and censoring me. And the universe who is looking on, they would have looked on us like, well, yep, Satan is actually right. His accusations against God in this case are correct. And God risks losing the allegiance of the universe. And so God has has to provide the power of choice for us so that love can exist. He has to provide the power of choice so that Satan's accusations can't hold any water. So God looks down at this earth and he's like, okay, I need to provide the power of choice. So, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to provide it, but I'm going to make it as easy as possible for human beings to resist Satan. On the entire planet, I'm only going to give Satan access to one tiny spot. Just one tree. That's it. How many trees are there on our planet, Mon?
1: Oh, like an uncountable number, I would say.
0: And God gives Satan access to only one of those trees. And then he instructs Adam and Eve, don't eat the fruit of this tree. He gives them very, very clear instructions. He makes it plain to them. He explains to them you know, what the situation is. Don't eat the fruit of that tree. Eat the fruit of anything else except that one. And by doing so, God has made it as easy as possible to resist Satan, but still given them the power to choose. Now, of course, uh, the rest is history because Eve chose the wrong way was deceived by Satan, and Adam followed Eve into sin, and then sin came to our world, and Satan gained a foothold in this planet. Because then, of course, he was able to say, Well, this planet has chosen me, therefore I now have a place in the universe that will accept me. It is called planet Earth, and I am now the representative of planet Earth. I am the prince of you know of uh, this particular kingdom and makes all kinds of claims. Of course, Jesus came down, and that day, through the promise of redemption, he bought it back. Um, so Satan's claims lasted, you know, a few milliseconds before Jesus stepped in with the plan of salvation.
1: Amen. Thank you, Lyle. If you have a question, give us a call, 1 800 Faith FM, or you can ask us through any of our social media platforms Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or even YouTube channel.
0: Alright right, guys, that was Sandra Enderman, all of me here on Faith FM. We have come to the end of The Breakfast Show. And, of course, we have uh, some amazing programming right after The Breakfast Show. But before we get to it, we are going to give you something.
1: Giveaway Something very special. Yes. Okay, we're going to be giving away uh, a really great book that actually coincides very nicely with the question uh, that we had today. Does indeed. Yeah, it's called The Great And the Book of Revelation. Yeah, oh, yeah. So much yeah. in this
0: book about Revelation.
1: If you were inter- if you were just loving the study today and the Q of the D, give us a call now, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Be the first person through and you'll get a copy of The Great Controversy Ended, A Glimpse Into Eternity. This is written by E.G. White. This book... It's just a powerful, life-changing volume. Mm -hmm. This thing will change your life. Um, It talks about...
0: Basically, the history of Christianity from the time of the destruction of Jerusalem right through until our day and then on into the future and then on to the end of the millennium and then on to the end of the great controversy. Um, Probably half of the book is focused on... Um, Christian history the other yeah. half is focused on Bible prophecy and the uh, war between Christ and Satan yeah, basically yeah, yeah. No, that's right all yeah. the way through it is just such a clear illustration and it will just put the whole world into perfect context yeah. right now
1: and it really reveals um, you know God's ultimate plan basically for humanity so if you are keen on this book call now 1-800-324-843 you can text zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. and I just want to thank um the listener who donated this, because we have a couple of listeners who have been donating prizes that we can give away, which we are always very grateful for. We even accepted some, some secondhand books recently because some good stuff is out of print. So we're giving our rare books coming up in the next few months. Stay tuned. We have some more great programming after this. If you would like to get hold of a Bible study in group uh, settings, one-on-one, online, give us a call as well. We can set that up for you. But for now, we'll be back on Monday morning after the 8 o'clock news. You have a blessed weekend.